the fact that the parade route was short. Like the parade route started at Vinoy Park and then ended at the Dolly. So last year when we went to the parade, we got out there well before the sun went down. The parade started about the time, and this is when it was on Central, parade started about the time the sun went down. And then we were still out there about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and they were still going. Like it was good and dark. I literally had to take a break. Like I had to fall back because there were just so many people and so much activity. But this was not the problem this year. Oh no, that parade route was shorter than the weekend. It was shorter than Naomi Campbell's edges. Don't look at me like that. It was. Um, it was It was super short. And that was one of the things that the organizers said. Like, they didn't expect it to go that fast. And I'm just wondering how it went that fast. Because there's usually so many floats and organizations and people. And I realized that last year there were a lot more people because of Pulse. So there were a lot of people who came out. Because there were people who came from Orlando to be a part of St. Pete Pride. So I get that. But I just think that when you have a parade that, you know, claimed to have bring, brought in 200, 200, actually they said like closer to a quarter million, which is like 250,000. I have no idea where they got those numbers because for me in that area, like all the streets would have had it. Like we would have not even been able to move, which we were barely able to move, but we did. Um, we were able to move around a little bit. We went down there. I was down there less than an hour. We, by the time we got down there, we had totally missed the parade. People were just kind of wandering around. One of the first things that we noticed is that like people were wandering around with like mad stank face. <laughs> like they did not see, like you go to a parade and people are like joyous and especially if you go to a pride parade, like people are like in all their rainbows and colors, like the queens weren't out. They, yeah, they definitely weren't showing out. And I just, I'm like, I really think that it had to do with the area. And I really feel like certain people are not welcome in that area. So, like, maybe you can be gay in that area. Like, I definitely saw a lot of older gay white males. And I see a lot of that in St. Pete. And it seems like a lot of what happens here is designed for them specifically. So, maybe they're, so for me... I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, they're trying to kind of grow it up a little bit and bring it, you know, maybe out of the clubs. Because obviously all the clubs get involved and they have stuff going on. But I just didn't feel like it was welcoming. Like, you can be gay, but, like, you can't be gay and young. Because young gay people tend to, like, really light it up. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so I don't know how comfortable... Um, the young gay people are. I'm not young anymore. Like, I'm a young gay, but not age-wise. <laughs> like, I've been kind of gay for a oh, while. Right? <laughs> but, like, I'm a, I'm a lady of a certain age now. So, anyways, I just don't think that it was a welcoming environment. And then when you start to add on some of those other intersections, when you start to add on the intersection of, you know, being, you know, meeting, um, being on the LGBT spectrum with maybe being on the gender, ident gender identity spectrum, then add being a person of color, that area just does not seem welcoming to me. So that made me pose the question, who is on this planning committee? I'm not saying they had to consult me personally, but maybe consult some people who look like me, live in areas where I live, and also come out to Pride, and also spend money on Pride, and also have 
you know, young people with their disposable income, um, more mature people, people of a certain age who have, you know, who have plans, who make plans, who, you know, design costumes to come out and be a part of this big grand thing that you've now shrank. And the saddest thing, as if that wasn't sad enough, y'all, they are saying that this may be a permanent thing, that they may continue having it in that area going forward and that they may even move the festival that happens on Sunday down there, which I just don't understand. Like there's already shops and stuff down there. There's shops on Central, but those people seem to work very well together because those shops are local shops. They seem to welcome artisans coming in and doing their craft and selling things. And I just don't see that being a part of downtown. Now I'm new here, so I could be absolutely wrong. And maybe I am, maybe I'm not. If you think that you might share my opinion, there is a way for us to affect change. There's always a way for us to affect change. Um, you can actually contact the organizers by going to stpeepride.com, going to the contact page, and sending them an email. So again, you can go to stpeepride.com dot com go to the contacts page and send them an email and let them know what your opinion was because they did a, they did a story on Bay News 9 and of course some of the businesses have said you know we're going to reach out to the mayor I'm going to actually reach out to some of those businesses and I'll report back to y'all and let you know what I found out and um, who's really willing to use their voice to speak up for what it is that they want I want for pride to be what it's meant to be in spirit, which is a place for us to all come celebrate, be big, be out, be loud, be proud, be free. And I didn't feel free with all of those cages and barricades and that little bitty strip of land <laughs> that they gave us. Um, I felt very unfree. So, Locally, let's talk about what's going on in addition to Pride. So Pride is over, but there are always wonderful things happening in and around St. Pete and the greater Tampa Bay area. Right now, there is actually an exhibit um, that I've had a chance to see twice now called Black Pulp and Woke. And it's, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, and I feel like I should look it up. I think it's, it's Will Villanueva and... Mark Gibson. So they're the curators and they also have, so they're the curators of Black Pulp, which um, actually is a collection of all of this uh, black art from like long, long time ago periodicals all the way up until like the first black comic book characters, which is important y'all because remember February is coming and that is not only Black History Month, but it is Black Panther Month and we will be out in our full blackness. And so just in case you're not sure what to do or where to go or the importance of this, I highly recommend going and checking out that exhibit. Um, it is great and it will be there until July 22nd. So that's all the teas, y'all. That's all the teas. All teas, just a little bit of shade, just a little bit of shade because that's how I'm feeling about pride right now. So let's get into what the intersection is about this week. This week, in the few minutes that I have left, um, 
And I really feel like this, I'm doing it quite a disservice. I'm gonna have to learn how to get faster on spilling the tea and not giving y'all my opinions on everything so that we can actually get to the intersection because there's no way that I could, I don't even know with an hour show that I would be able to cover all of the things in this particular intersection, but I do wanna talk about it a little bit. And I touched on it a little bit earlier in the tea when I was talking about clean sugar and mental health. And so um, the intersection this week is at race, sexuality, and mental health. So there are a lot of things that come with race that inform our mental health. And one of the things that happened recently with the um, verdict for the officer in the case of Philando Castile, he was acquitted. And there was a large reaction to that and I'm not saying that from a place of surprise. One, I don't think anybody was surprised because we've seen it happen so many times now. Um, I think people were hoping when you have it on, on tape, when you have it happening live, like this wasn't tape, it didn't have a chance to be doctored. People saw this happen live and they were hoping this time something would change, this time something would be different, and it wasn't. And it was super triggering because it reminds us of all of the people whose names that we know. It reminds us of Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner and, oh my God, the list is exhaustive and exhausting. It is hard right now to be a person of color, to be a black person, male or female. There was, I'm sorry, a man or a woman because Male and female could be talking about goats, dolphins. So it's hard to be a black man. It's hard to be a black woman um, because it really still feels like open season. And, and I'm not saying, oh, it feels like open season again. It never stopped feeling like that. And when you live under that constant threat of danger, that constant threat of being a target, of not knowing... Um, what to do and I forgot about that on Queen Sugar they touched on that Micah was profiled and arrested and they didn't end it there they showed the flip side of that coin which was his dad having to come and put on a show and use his privilege in order to find his son because when Charlie came in she came in angry black woman and as, as y'all know, that narrative and that trope does not get us far. As a matter of fact, any time that we use our voice to speak up for ourselves and say anything, we will automatically be labeled a angry black woman and dismissed. So his dad came in and put on the show and they let his son go. And I, the only words I have is it's exhausting. It's exhausting to live under a system that clearly shows you that they have little to no value for you on a regular basis. And that can have a tremendous effect on your psyche. That can lead to depression, that can lead to anxiety. And then we don't talk about it, right? We don't wanna complain. Nobody wants to say, oh, I have an issue. And I have an issue, not because just the chemical imbalance, not that it's just a chemical imbalance, but it's not a chemical imbalance. It's very much influenced by circumstance. It's very much influenced 
by how I'm reading the world, the lens that I'm seeing the world through. And we don't want, I don't want to have those conversations and have it dismissed as I'm being sensitive or overly sensitive. I don't want to be told to get over it. There is no getting over it. This is real. This is what is happening. I have fears for myself. Whenever I travel, I drove to Memphis recently. That's a 12 hour drive. I drove most of the way there. I was very cautious about where I let my son drive and we left out early enough that we could travel during mostly daylight hours. Like all of those things shape how we move in this world. That takes a toll on you over time. Now, that's just being black. And again, there's no just, that's being black. That's being black in America and most of the world. Now add to that being on the LGBTQIA 2S. I learned a new one this week. 2S is Native American for two spirits, meaning a person who walks with both a masculine and feminine spirit. So imagine carrying that with you. Imagine identifying as that. Um, even though last week we talked about me being an invisible queer because I don't necessarily look queer, the reality is that I am and that I exist in, in that space and that I am vocal about it, that it shapes how I move. So even if people don't see it, I see it and I'm in those places and I'm in those spaces. And so there's a very real fear that when I go to certain things, that when I go to Pride, that if it's not in a welcoming neighborhood, that if it's not in a welcoming environment, that doubles down on the chance that somebody will come to do something to attack us. So now I have a fear of being black and going somewhere, a fear of being a woman and going somewhere, and a fear of being queer and going somewhere. That's a lot to carry, guys. That's a whole lot to carry. So I actually, Sam has pointed me in the correct direction, and I'm actually going to be inviting a guest so that we can spend a little bit more time with this intersection at a later date, because I definitely didn't give it enough time. And hopefully, I put a little something on your mind to think about if you want to take a look at this, take a look at the statistics, find out more information, get some resources, I highly recommend going to the going to NAMI.org backslash LGBT. And so NAMI, NAMI, is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And there you can find a lot of information on the statistics. You can find a lot of information on the issues like disparity in care. You can find a lot of resources nationally and locally. Again, that's NAMI.org. Gosh, it's like five minutes left and we already started late and I'm just not getting everything in. Um, the other thing that I wanna get in is yesterday was National HIV Testing Day, but this week is actually National HIV testing week super important to know your status and that is for guys and girls alike women go get tested I know that you may be a platinum star lesbian and you feel like you've never been with anybody that would ever put you in jeopardy remember that every person that you're with you're with 10 people that they were with 
And if you're not out there using dental dams, which let's face it, most of us aren't using dental dams, most of us aren't using saran wrap, you're still putting yourself at risk. So Walgreens is testing for free. Uh, they were testing yesterday, today until seven, and then they'll be testing tomorrow from three to seven. Go to Walgreens, make sure to get your free HIV test. If you're not sure um, which one closest to you is doing that, you can go to the Better Than site and put in your, um, or the Walgreens site and put in your zip code and they will tell you which Walgreens closest to you is actually um, doing the testing right now. So make sure to get tested, know your status. And I would be remiss if I didn't shout out to station manager Donjay, who has been here supporting me and showing me how to do this new thing. Um, and so I'm learning how to do a little bit of engineering. I would be really good at this one day. And I would be like, Donjay taught me. <laughs> so um, shout out to Donjay. Shout out to the all new 99.1 Jams the bird shout out to my girl sam thank you baby for always supporting me for being in the studio with me so that i won't be so nervous until i get better at this gotta shout out my entire fam bam as y'all see the chocolate girl wonder isn't here this week everybody was asking me about her and i was just like really y'all it's the intersection with malika salam and like she is now like the robin to my batman how come I'm not even going to get into this. So I was going to say, where was Wonder Woman's like counterpart? But we're not going to worry about that this week. So yes, the chocolate girl Wonder is missing. She's in Memphis, visiting with her fam in Memphis. But she will be back. And have to give a shout out to my Memphis peeps. I see y'all on live, giving me hearts. I love y'all. Hey, booze and bass. Um, Got to give a shout out to my spiritual family here at Botanica Yemaya. And... I cannot end the show without doing You Tried It. So folks, who tried it this week? Well, I thought it was Donald Trump because there was a story that came out that said he wants to quit. Aww. It's hard being the president, making rules and telling people where they can and can't go. That's terrible. You signed up for the job and you don't get to quit. But it looks like it was just a rumor. I did check my facts. I went to Snopes.com. That counts as fact checking. Don't tell my journalism professors. But apparently, that is not the case. He is not saying that he wants to quit. Somebody made it up. Probably because they think that he should quit. Which, folks, is a horrible idea. Because if you think he's bad, his vice president is way worse. And he doesn't like none of us. So, Donald Trump does not want to quit. But there is a petition on the White House official page that they're trying to get people to sign to ask him to quit. Y'all are so shady. Like y'all are super shady boots. I need y'all to do better. The other person who tried it, going back to that Serena story where she was just gorgeous on the cover of Vanity Fair, John McEnroe had the nerve to talk about her and something about her ranking and whatever. Who cares what he's talking about? Like, I don't care. Like he's, he's super old. He was old when I was young. And so I'm like, who are you even relevant to that you felt the need, oh, you felt the need to try to make yourself relevant by talking bad about Serena? John McEnroe, you tried it and you failed. Well, that's all for me for this week at The Intersection. And I want to say thank y'all for joining me at the all new 99.1 Jams in the Berg. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks Meet me 
at the intersection. Immigration or family law questions, or do you just want to keep the best of the latest changes in these areas? Then tune in every first and third Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. for Legal Talk with Michelle T. Fanner to have these and other questions answered. Join me at Tiny Chef Fire every 